0: Now earlier on this week a really funny video came into my inbox and everybody was uh, passing it around and indeed it went viral all over the world and all over Britain and uh, it was by a comedian called Monia Chihuahua and uh, it depicts the, it's a satirical take on the Black Lives Matter protest so it matches footage um, with uh, Monia doing a fake news broadcast and here's a little clip of what Monia was doing. This weekend, thousands of foolish individuals broke lockdown laws to
1: attend a completely meaningless course. No, not that. Protesters bruised the oxygen with their raised fists. And in Bristol, an ex-slave trader was thrown into the river, injuring Nemo and countless others. Celebrity-wise, long-distance runner Mo Farah is being questioned by police after footage emerged of him racistly strangling a microphone. Meanwhile, Afrobeat artist Madonna is receiving treatment for a fractured intestine after being placed in a headlock by Miss Dynamite. However, the final racist icing on the pounded yam was when a brown horse aggressively galloped through the streets at the speed of Dominic Vin Diesel Cummings. (laughs)
0: Dominic. Finn Diesel Cummings, I love it. And the author, the creator, the comedian behind that is on the line, Monia Chihuahua. Hi, Monia. Hello, how's it going? Absolutely fantastic. My name is Mario Rosenstock and you're very welcome to Mario's Sunday Roast. Manya, Thank wa- you very much. You're, yeah, you're welcome. Manya. Wha- so tell us the the origin and the, the of the video. When did you do it and uh, how it exploded?
1: Okay, so um, the character... Um, Decrease, which is always interested, uh, interesting to explore, is it, it kind of happened after I was observing the press and I, I basically felt like, sometimes it, it felt almost as if ethnic minorities could do no right, you know, even when we were doing well, uh, you know, when artists were winning Brit Awards or when we were kind of scoring match-winning goals for England or anything of that nature, still the emphasis was being shifted onto the negative things that were, you know, that were being done and the negative aspects of the situation. So I thought, okay, well look, you can either laugh or you can cry. So why don't I take the kind of quite subtle underhand tactics that we usually see, which are sometimes so subtle you can't even detect them, and just massively exaggerate them and amplify them to the point where it's so ridiculous you have to laugh, you know? Because otherwise it's just quite depressing when it keeps happening. So I thought, look, if if I can mirror, if I can mirror the things they're saying in a humorous way each time, at least it takes the sting out every time it happens. And with this one, I guess it just resonated kind of particularly well.
0: Yeah, and it did. And it's really funny. Um, when I was watching it, I was thinking there was a there was a, a touch of Chris Morris off it in its tone. Um, yeah. would that, were you a fan of Chris Morris or would you be a fan of Chris Morris?
1: Well, I watch a lot of... Um, I've only recently sort of started to educate myself in the, the really kind of all-time classic satires because for myself, I, I never necessarily knew that I would be making comedy sketches. So I kind of never de- developed it as a craft per se, but it's only now I'm going back through the kind of, you know, Brass Eye and uh, all those kind of classic shows and, and realising that we have similarities. So it's, it's been good for me actually to have to dig deep and do my own research and find out what's inspired me even subconsciously.
0: Yeah, because your use of language is really funny and really mm. random as well. So I really I, yeah. I laughed out loud at that. Um, well, like, why, you, you say you were disappointed by the coverage of the protests. Mm. Could you explain mm. that, Monya?
1: well i just guess that um i, I just remember coming back from the protest last weekend on saturday so i was there just for a couple of hours in the afternoon we were right at the front actually and i remember you know listening to people's speeches and their stories and um you know loved ones that they'd lost at the hand of the police at times and i remember just sort of we, we we sat down and we knelt for uh for eight minutes um you know in, in in memory of george floyd and i and i came home and i just felt kind of I felt glad that I'd done my bit. You know, I did it at a social distance. I tried to follow all the rules. And I accidentally went onto Twitter sort of straight afterwards. And I just was seeing, you know, black people in particular sort of just ripped to shreds. Um, and, and you know, labelled thugs and skirm and all of these things. And I was just thinking, you know, everyone I saw, um, those words couldn't be further from the truth. And so, you know, it just made me feel like... Um, you know, it just made me feel like it, there wasn't—it wasn't, it wasn't a, an accurate depiction of what was going on. And I just knew that when things erupted a bit later on, which you know, we're all human, and of course, there's always going to be different groups of people—some who want to make it aggressive. I just felt like by anchoring on that, it just did such a disservice to everyone who tried so hard to just peacefully respect a very sort of uh, worthy cause.
0: Hmm. And do you do you so you you feel that the let's say the media, so let's say mm. the broadcast media and the broadsheets and, and the papers, they is it, is it is it consciously put an emphasis on the negative aspects of these protests and, and amplify them?
1: Well, look, I mean, I, I obviously can't speak for the journalists in those institutions, but what I do know is that, it's as I said, every time it seems to be such a kind of hands-down moment of celebration, whether it's artists winning awards or scoring, you know, um, Match winning goals, it always seems like there is no emphasis given to that. And naturally, as well, if you look at these kind of uh, these companies and these institutions and these broadcasters, um, maybe only as of recently are you starting to see, you know, uh, BAME writers and, and authors and presenters make their way up the ranks. But I'm going to guess that at the top level, there still isn't much diversity. And so it means that the opinions of those people at the top, even if they don't represent the public, they still have the authority to then kind of uh, disperse them through the, through the outlets. And I think in a couple of cases, it, it maybe it's just the case that someone has some underlying thoughts on black people that are, they're kind of just certainly dispersing each time. That's what it feels like to me anyway.
0: Right, monya So you're in the business now of satire, and you're making visual satire and aural satire. Um, and earlier on in the programme, um, I was discussing... Um, was it right to take down some television programmes that depicted, yeah. um, uh, you know, the Lee Francis and the Beau Selector? Where do you stand on all that in Little Britain?
1: So, you know, I, I think personally we shouldn't remove them. Um, and there's, there's two, two reasons behind that. This. Number one, it, it's the case that, you know, it's a reflection of where we were at the time you know it's a reflection of people's opinions at the time and things have changed now i hope and you know instead of changing the past we should look to to change the future with the things that we can create now hopefully the, the comedy that we do make now is leaps and bounds ahead of what we did back then so secondly i think so firstly i think it's important not to erase history just because that's quite dangerous as i heard you discussing earlier and then second of all it might actually be for some people an excuse to sweep racism under the rug because If a black person says, oh, you know, I feel like uh, I'm not being treated equally in this system or this institution. I think there may be racism in this country. People can then turn around and say, well, no, you're wrong, because we deleted all the blackface programs. We deleted all the blackface shows. So we're not racist anymore, even though the more subtle, insidious aspects of racism might still be there. So it could lead us to a dangerous situation of, you know, minorities being gaslit into thinking, Oh well, because there's no more blackface in the media, I guess racism is gone, which wouldn't be the case.
0: Interesting point. And what about Winston Churchill's statue? Where would you stand on that? I mean, Winston Churchill, um, somebody I would I'm not necessarily saying I'm a i admire, but mm. somebody who I've who I've looked into a lot and, and read a good deal about and watched a good deal about. Clearly what we're dealing here with is a highly complicated individual. Um a typical yeah. example of a person who I started stated at the beginning of the show was either a good man who did very bad things or a bad Mm. man who did very good things, depending on your point of view. But he definitely sits on both sides of the fence. Where do you stand on, um, let's say, uh, people asking for his statue to be defaced, deformed or even removed?
1: I think it is a great question. I think you could very easily fall into, you know, tit for tat. And um, the statues are almost, in a sense, it's the same debate as the, you know, the old shows. Yeah, And I ultimately think that, look, the world has bigger racist fish to fry than statues and TV shows. Yeah, I think uh, we should just divert our efforts to the underlying issues, which are, you know, maybe make their way through, you know, a lot of people think this is not even a racing. They think it's a police brutality thing. Okay, fine. If, if that's your belief, then it would be great to see that institution start to change. And I just think if we can change the bigger frameworks that we base our whole lives on, you know, the jobs, the jobs we go to, the job interviews we have, um, you know, for, for example, even myself, um, I would say that when I moved to London and I was looking for a flat, I had to change my name and my profile picture to something like, you know, John Smith, just to start getting viewings. So to take down a statue, sure, I understand that for some people it's very cathartic, but I'd rather live in a world where I can get a house, even though I'm a person of colour, than a world where there's just no statues of people who were once racist, if that makes sense. I'm, I'm, I'm interested in the changes that we can make now to check to to sort of make things easier for future generations.
0: It makes more than sense. Um, I played a clip earlier on in the show from a lady called Kimberly Jones, mm. and she put what you said into into context about uh, statues and TV shows and everything. I mean, she was talking about the social contract having been broken between our um, mm. uh, between our various different sides of our communities. Um, I mean. People talk about looting. And when the looting starts, the shooting starts, as Trump said. Well, the Mm. people that have been looted, for many people, have been the black people. The black people have been looted by the white people uh, due Mm. to the breaking of the social contract. So when you talk about looting, let's talk about who's looting who. Um, Mm. But anyway, I'm not going to say that um, for you. Um, So where to next, uh, Monia? for you? This has been a very interesting week for you of course it has yeah and um you know i don't only do
1: news satire i like to sort of i think comedy lifts the mood wherever you're at really mm. and over lockdown it's been great because you know there's been so many opportunities to to kind of find light in things before the news reporter actually i had gone viral with another sketch about a character called craig covid which was like craig david except <laughs> the lyrics had been adjusted uh, so instead of filming in it was staying in and actually craig saw the video and reached out and he was like you know i love it i love the way it's produced i love the way you've kind of used it to lift people's spirits so that was already a high a high point so to go viral again I, I don't think i was quite expecting it although what i will say is uh you know obviously we've had protests from yesterday and there's lots of uh footage circulating and floating around online i might just have to iron my shirt again today that's all i'm going to say my news reporter shirt
0: <laughs> excellent yeah yeah no um I, I mean i was i was it all started with the the slave traders uh, statue last mm. week i mean the, th- mm. the first thing that occurred to me in bristol was how the hell is that still there
1: yeah, I mean, I didn't even know it was there. From being totally honest, I mean, I mean, I mean, it's
0: one thing, it's one thing being a complicated uh, person with duality, a person yeah. who saved the world from the Nazis who was also a mm. bit of a racist in a time where a lot of his class were racists. It's another being a slave trader who was famous for being slave trader who made all his money from slave trading and who was known for nothing else pretty much other than I being know, a slave I trader. Know. I, I know. And look understand even though
1: even though the temptation would be to to say oh well look you know it's understandable etc that they would rip the statue down i know there are still some people who are super outraged at the thought of any statue being pulled down and and what i would say is I, i try to look at it from a very sort of humanistic point of view whereby if you're a person of color and you've you've had to sit through that eight minute video watching somebody slowly being murdered by a police officer i guess that feeling is just so tender and so raw that to then sort of walk out your front door. And see a statue of a slave trader. For some people, it must—it it must have just felt too much. And um, I don't think it's telling of. You know um people black people as a race or people who took the statue down as a race i just think in that moment the hurt was so real and so raw that of course sometimes we, we're all human you know we all crack sometimes that when things get too much um but I don't, I don't think that the kind of however people feel about the statue i don't think that those feelings of kind of aggression that uh, should be should be spread to black people in general as oh look you know tearing down our statues i think we just have to consider how it must have felt for the people who had seen, were seeing that statue days after watching a black man knelt on to death. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah, I mean, I know we bemoan them, but uh, in this instance, mm. uh, thank God for cell phones. Really. Um, yeah, of course. Because was it were it not for were it not for the camera on our cell phones this kind of mo- atrocity could not be captured. And all the atrocities before which weren't captured because people simply did, couldn't prove that they that it happened. Um,
1: Definitely, of course. And social media, Mario, is definite, social media has been, for me, it's been the hero during this whole thing because I, even myself, I've just been able to educate myself about so much and to see so much literature retweeted. And you know, what, what I always say is, because you know how there was this whole movement where Everyone felt that as though they needed to say something about the Black Lives Matter movement. Some people chose to say, look, uh, we, you all need to do more. Some people said, you know, um, various different things. My message, I think, was just to say, look, I understand that not everyone is empathetic to the cause and not everyone wants to understand, but there will be a group of people who maybe just have been fairly neutral. Are open to learning more, and I think for those people who have been logging onto Twitter and seeing all the articles and, and the videos and the footage, it's been a good. It's been a good point of learning without any necessary point uh, finger pointing because it's just been there for them to watch it or not watch it depending on how much they want to help. You know.
0: Well, Monia, thank you very much for joining me today. Your you. your comedy piece went viral. Um, the Craig COVID piece went viral before it, and I know you're ironing um your white shirt, and it's going to go viral again. Um, continued success in what sounds like. A burgeoning and a flowering career in satire. And I hope our paths cross again, Monia Chihuahua. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Thank you. Mario Sunday Roast on Today FM with Mario Rosenstock.